Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. I love our graphics. I just realized watching that how great a job Jess does. She creates all that. I mean, it's only been a couple years ago that I did and nothing was spelt right and and now it's just nothing looked that good. So just what a blessing it is to have her around. As Matt said, next Sunday, March 13th, is the second anniversary of being announced officially we were in pandemic. And I don't know what words come to mind as you describe the last two years, I would ask you, but some of them probably shouldn't be said in public. <laughs> Anger, fear, anxiousness, uh, frustration, all of those words as we have gone through the last 24 months. Read an article a couple of weeks ago uh, written by a psychologist, and then I have a friend who's a psychologist, so I called him just to confirm before I shared it with you that it was legit. It said 100% of Americans are suffering from some degree of post-traumatic stress. Not post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, that we know has very defined parameters of, of that, but that we have gone through something traumatic that has impacted us, that has changed our lives, post-traumatic traumatic stress. Little infants, little kids pick up on what their parents are going through and, and the anxiousness and our, our elementary kids, am I going to school, am I not going to school, who are my class, can I sit next to the person or can I not, and all they, and our high school kids who didn't get to do graduations and, and just so many things in, in adult world that we have been through, 100% of Americans so I began to do a little more digging about post-traumatic stress and found the, the top four causes of this, of post-traumatic stress. The number one is loss. I'm like, well, that works. All of us have lost something in the last 24 months. Some of us have lost loved ones to death through the pandemic. Some have lost jobs and careers and opportunities and Income and peace and sleep at night. And, uh, but anytime we lose something, there is a grief attached to that. And grief is always traumatic and impacts us emotionally. So we've all lost something. Another cause of stress or trauma and stress is uncertainty. We've all lived through that the last 24 months, aren't we? It's like, you know, are we gonna... Are we gonna have jobs, not gonna have jobs? Am I gonna be furloughed? Am I gonna be paid? Am I gonna be, you know, it's like, are we gonna have church? My number one answer the last 24 months is, I don't know. When's church gonna open back up? I don't know. Are we gonna do it the same? I don't know. When are we gonna, I don't know. I don't know. You know, man, I miss our hugging time. Are we gonna hug again? I don't know. You wanna hug? Come see me before church, after church. I'll hug you, but I don't know if we'll ever get to do that in the service again. Are we gonna run out of food? I don't know. Can we get toilet paper? I don't know. <laughs> but I have these really big rolls that I ordered during COVID. They weren't what I thought they were when I got them. You have to have an industrial roller to put them on. <laughs> I've got a case of those. If you're ever in an emergency, you see me. I've got toilet paper. It's not good toilet paper, but it's toilet paper. 
Uncertainty has been a part of our lives for 24 months, and there is a trauma and a stress attached to that. The third cause of PTS, post-traumatic stress, was isolation. Prior to 2020, to the pandemic, psychologists had already said we have an epidemic of loneliness in America because of the, escal- the rising suicide rate. And then we're told, isolate. We're told, you know, get away from people. And I, we are not created to be isolated. I was in uh, quarantine, I think, three times in the last two years. I am not meant to be by myself. Um, I, quarant- I, I thought I had a new business model for a camper, a quarantine camper. We'll park it in your driveway. You stay there 10 days. Call me. I'll come get it. You know, but... And uh, I did that. I spent, you know, the, the 10 days in my camper. And I need to, to say you're welcome to some of you and apologize to others. The first time I was quarantined, I decided to keep from going crazy. I'm going to do a handwritten card to everybody in our database. You know, all 18 gazillion of you. I'm going to do that. 10 days, I think I got to H or I. So if you got a card, you're welcome. If not, I'm sorry, you're not getting one. Uh, quarantine is over. I'm... Not going to do that. But uh, when we isolate ourselves for extended periods of time, we start doubting our self-worth. Is anybody missing me? Does anybody care? And then we start doubting our purpose in life. I, you know, and and it, it is traumatic to spend times in isolation. We're not created. That's why we're still encouraging people. And if you've not been back out, get out. Do something. Uh, We are not meant to be isolated. The fourth cause of post-traumatic stress, according to psychologists, is uh, betrayal and abandonment. A lot of us lost a lot of things and a lot of people, but not to death. I didn't know you could block people on Facebook till the pandemic. It became so polarizing that we've lost good friends, We've lost family members because they disagreed with us or we disagreed with them about masks and vaccines and meeting and not meeting and, and science and not science. And, and when, when that begins to happen in our relationships, this betrayal or this abandonment that we feel, we begin to become anxious about every relationship, You don't think you're that way? Does anybody that you casually know walk up and start talking and they say something that has to do with the pandemic, with COVID, and you become anxious because you're not sure where they land on things? And you're not sure what you say is gonna be attacked or not attacked, and and so you're just kind of feeling them out to whether they're gonna, you know, beat you up or not beat you up verbally because you don't agree with them. And there is a sense of abandonment and betrayal in relationships that we have all had to deal with. Post-traumatic stress, everybody's in it. So 24 months in, let me ask you, how you doing? Good till you walked in here, huh? We thought it was over, Gary. Way to remind us. Good job. Why do you bring it up? Well, a couple reasons. One, it's not the last time we're going to go through something. It's not the first rodeo for some of you. It won't be the last So it's important for us to learn how should we live as Christians in those kind of times. If I say that I believe in Jesus, I want to be a Christ follower, then how should I live in hard times? 
And so we kick off this series this morning. For the next five weeks, we're gonna talk about a faith that works. Just very, very practical application. How does my faith work? And today, how does my faith work in hard times or in difficult times? And we're gonna use James as, as the base for this study that we're gonna do the next five weeks. And, and James was a, a half-brother of Jesus. Uh, he, didn't believe in Je- he didn't believe that Jesus was God's son. I don't know what it was like to grow up with Jesus as your big brother. I don't know how times Mary said, why can't you be more like Jesus? I don't know. But he did not, he did not believe that Jesus was until he died and resurrected. And then James became a leader of that early church in Jerusalem, the one that just exploded in growth in the book of Acts. James is the leader, and this tells you how good a leader he was. That church was full of the apostles. And James was the leader of the church. Not Peter, not the other James and John. Not, they weren't the lead. James, the half-brother of Jesus, was the leader of that church, at least for a few years. And then we get to the book of Acts in the eighth chapter, right after Stephen had been killed, the first martyr for his faith, and it says this. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. James' church was shut down, not for COVID, People were trying to kill him. As I've watched the videos of Ukraine these last week and a half, I kept seeing that early church. They're in Jerusalem, there's thousands of them, and suddenly people are trying to kill them and they are evacuating. The Greek word is diaspora, the dispersion of the Christians. They left because they were in danger. And James is left as the leader of a church with no people. They're gone. And James wrote this letter to them about 10 years later. This is the earliest book we have in the New Testament. James is the first book written in the New Testament. It was written between 40 and 45 AD. And he writes to them, and they're going through everything that we see the Ukrainians going through, everything we just talked about that brings post-traumatic stress. They're going through loss. They're going through uncertainty. They're going through isolation. They're going through abandonment. They're living in that, and James writes to them one of the most practical books in the New Testament. It's called the Proverbs of the New Testament. And James is all about, hey, you can talk about your faith, but unless you're gonna show me, I don't believe a word of it. And he writes to them, and he tells them in chapter one, where we're gonna be today, how do you live through hard times? How am I supposed to live when it's difficult? So if you have your Bible, James, the first chapter, Verse one, he says, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. You that are suffering from post-traumatic stress for the last six or seven years, I'm gonna write you a letter and tell you how to live during this time. And then he goes on in verse two. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy, which is our lesson number one today. Attitude is everything. But as I read that, I can't remember a time in the last 24 months I went, you know, oh joy. I mean, I said it, but not, I said it sarcastically. You know, Gary, you have COVID. Oh joy. And Gary, you're isolated again. Oh joy. Who in my men's group gave me that? I'm not looking anywhere, Bill, but it's like that's just... 
uh, you know, uh, the only time in my life I've ever crossed my mind that I might die was last March when I had COVID. Not to be dramatic, I, other people had it worse, but I was like, oh joy. <laughs> you know, I just got off of a 300 mile bicycle ride and I'm gonna die of COVID. <laughs> joy was not something that was a part of our, and yet the more I look back now in hindsight, I go, it was always there. We just don't see it. But it's what he calls us to. And we go, well, how do we do that? How are we supposed to have joy? How are we, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How? Because of the next three words. Verse three. For you know. What do you know? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Super Bowl was a few weeks ago. It's a big football game for you that don't watch TV. The MVP wasn't a quarterback. How great is that? You know, uh, Cooper Cup, receiver. In the last couple of minutes, man, he must have won the game four or five times. Every time they threw a pass, if he did not catch it, the game was over. He's a believer. And I don't know if you saw the interview, one of the interviews of him afterwards, the reporter asked him, said, what was it like, all of that stress? Every pass, if you dropped it, the game was over. Every pass you had to catch, what was that like? And he, he dropped his head for just a minute and he very, very timidly almost raised his head again and he said, well, my wife's the only one I've told this until now. But years ago, God told me in a dream that someday I would play in the Super Bowl and I would be the MVP. I still had to catch the passes. I was not playing, though, for the victory. I was playing in the victory. And that changes everything. And that's the thought process for us as believers. When those kind of hard times come, when difficulties come, when every kind of circumstance that would paralyze comes, we have to remember, what do we know? We know that God will use it. We know that God is walking through it with us. Rick Warren, a preacher in California, he says there's four things that we, we know about difficult times. He said, one is they're inevitable. Jesus said, man, it's gonna be tough in this life. I don't know why we think it shouldn't be. Jesus even said, it's gonna be tough. The second thing is they're gonna be variable. The word there where he says, um, when troubles of any kind, the Greek word there is multicolored. Anything from light to dark, any phase. When those kind of troubles come, any kind of troubles, when they come, they're gonna be uh, all kinds. They're gonna be unpredictable. If they weren't, they wouldn't be problems, would they? You know, wouldn't it be great if problems were like hurricanes? Somebody says, now three weeks from now, your life may hit this problem. You might wanna prepare. But they're more like tornadoes. You go to sleep and wake up and your house is gone. You know, I mean, it's just, they, they are unpredictable. But here's the most important thing about difficulties. This is the one we have to remember. They are purposeful. They are purposeful. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
the psychologist I called to run all this by, and I sent him my manuscript last week. I said, man, you gotta read this, because if I'm gonna say psychologists are saying something, I wanna know psychologists have signed off on it. And he's good friends of Linda and I, he and his wife, and uh, mentors, and through the years, about three weeks ago, his wife, Deanna, uh, they found a growth on her spine that was pushing on her pituitary gland and her optic nerve, a pretty delicate surgery. They went in and removed that, and the next day she had a stroke. And we were talking, and, and I was talking to him a couple days, almost every day, and a couple days after the stroke, he said, man, God, God put the right nurse, the right doctor, the right timing, everything in, this, in place for this be the best possible scenario we can have. And I said, well, I'm working on a sermon for James, and I read something that somebody asked a friend of theirs, and I'm going to ask you, but I don't know if you're ready for this, or I'm going to say something to you I don't know if you're ready to hear. And I know his faith is strong, and he said, what is it? And I said... I don't envy the journey you're on, but I envy the person you're gonna be after the journey. And he was quiet for a second. He goes, no, I needed to hear that. He said, we need to be reminded of what we know, that nobody wants to be on the journey we've been on the last 24 months, but we should be thankful for the people we are because of the journey because of what God has done through us and for us and in us and, and the perfecting of us, the growing of us, the enduring, the endurance that we have because of that. Another psychologist, Dr. Charity Byers, a friend of mine, she calls it the nevertheless principle that Christians should live by. It comes from Luke 5 where Peter is fishing and he's been fishing all night. He's He's a commercial fisherman, so it's not like, you know, hose the rod and reel off, hang it back up in a garage. He's got to clean the nets and clean the boats and hit them. But they're all doing that. And Jesus is teaching. And Peter's kind of listening. Jesus gets done and he comes over right as Peter's getting ready to go home, go to bed. And he says, hey, let's go fishing. And Peter tries to be kind. Read in Luke 5. Peter goes, well, Lord, we've been fishing all night. They're not biting and beneath the sea, he's saying, you know, you hear him in his mind going, Jesus, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. You teach, I'll fish. If I ever have any questions about teaching, I'll come to you. You got questions about fishing, you come to me. Yes. But he says this. He gives all the reasons and he says, nevertheless, because you say so, I'll go fish. And they caught an amazing, miraculous catch. Here's the nevertheless principle. I will acknowledge my reality, but I will use spiritual truth to overcome and move forward and live well in difficult times. That's what we're called to. That when times are hard, a faith that works will say, it's hard and it hurts. Nevertheless, I will remember what I know and I will move forward through this difficult time. So James goes on. He gives some other instructions. I hope you go home and read chapter one. In verse five, he says, man, you need wisdom? Ask for it. Pretty simple, but pretty amazing. You know, and we've all done a lot of that, I hope, the last 24 months. Ask God for wisdom. In verse nine through 11, it's great because he addresses whatever you are. He goes, if you're poor, there's blessings in that. Enjoy being poor. Don't be crying because you're not rich. He said, if you're rich, there's blessings in that. Enjoy being rich and see the uh, responsibilities. He said, just quit whining because you're not what somebody else is. 
And he says, just if you're wherever you are, let God use you where you are. In verse 12, he talks about a blessing. He said, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. And then he gives us our takeaway for the day in the rest of the chapter. Verse 19, he says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Then verse 22, he says, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. So here's our takeaway for today. A faith that works when times are difficult talks less and serves more. Something we all need to hear. Because when things get tough, I don't know if you've noticed, but we chirp a lot more. Man, we have not gotten quieter. We've gotten bolder and more vocal. And, and it's just like we've all talked a lot more over the last 24 months. It seems like I don't know what makes us think that everybody wants to hear our opinion or that we think our opinion is valid or people are gonna miss out if they don't hear what I think about something. I mean, it's just like we, we talk and talk and talk and somebody says something and man, we think if we don't say what we feel about mask or government or vaccines or the time of day, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is, we think our opinion should be heard and social media makes it, oh, there's just so much anger and hate out there and that's coming from Christians. When things are difficult, just a good advice from James, talk less. Because of the stress that you're under, you will say things that you should not say. Because of the stress that you're under, you will devalue what other people were saying and you won't listen as much. So when things are hard, when you're going through all of this traumatic stress, talk less. Be better for everybody. And then he says, and serve more. Actually, also he says in verse 26, you know, we like to skip over this verse. You who claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. James just says it, doesn't he? <laughs> He's just like, yeah, your religion's worthless because you don't control your tongue. You say things you shouldn't say. Eh, worthless, worthless, worthless. <laughs> now, don't go home and start posting that on people's sites, you know? <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. You're worthless. You shouldn't have said that. You're worthless. <laughs> because you've become what you're, never mind. It's so important what we say. And we need to be careful. And then when he talks about serving, uh, verse 22, he says, you know, go and uh, don't just listen, do it. Verse 27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. So, I mean, there's people that, that, that can't take care of themselves. He said, you want, you, want a, you want some joy in the hard times? You go serve somebody. You want perspective change? Because we have a nature, I don't know about you, I'm selfish. You know, I, I am selfish by nature. And it's just the default that we have. We're selfish. And when things get tough, we get, is selfisher a word? We get most selfish. We get more selfish. And so if we don't serve other people, we will become more and more focused on ourselves. And James says, you want to know how to have joy when it's tough? You want to know how to have joy when it's hard? He says, talk less and serve other people. Find something to do that benefits other people. And you'll be able to say, man, I love the song. It is well. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. Doesn't matter what I lose. Doesn't matter how uncertain the times. 
Doesn't matter how isolated I am. Doesn't matter how abandoned I feel. If I remember what I know, then God will make it good. And we'll be able to say, it is well. That's what we're gonna learn in the next five weeks. I hope you're here every week. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your love, for your word. Thank you for the underlying joy, even in times of trauma. Thank you for who we can become when we hold on to what we know. Father, I pray the word nevertheless will become part of our vocabulary. When all is falling apart around us, we will say, nevertheless, I will do what God calls me to do. I'll listen to James, and I'll talk less, and I'll serve more. God, guide our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.